Introduction Part 2 of Commentary on the Gospel of John Book 6 by Cyril of Alexandria, translated by Rev. Philip Edward Pusey and Rev. Thomas Randall. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. 47. He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. We must here understand that certain are of God, not as though begotten of his essence, for that were foolish, nor yet according to what is said through Paul, all things are of God. For since he is creator and maker of all things, who giveth being to all, the divine Paul saith that all things are of him. But it will not harmonize so to understand it here. For all are of God, both bad and good, in so far as he is creator of all. He says, therefore, that he is of God, who by virtue and a right conversation is related to God, and accounted worthy of kinness to him, in that he deigns to enroll such among his children. He, therefore, he says, that is of God, will receive most readily and gladly the divine words, for that which is of kin and own is always dear but he that is not of god that is to say he who in no wise prizes relationship with him will not most gladly hear the divine words for neither will good easily in exist the bad nor will longing for virtue be to them a thing worth fighting for since their mind has been filled with the extremest depravity and looks to only its own will but when christ says he that is of god heareth god's words let no one think that he is bidding us to give the divine voice entry in merely our bodily ears for who that is even though he be a thoroughly bad man will not surely hear the voice of him who speaketh if he have not by some disease lost his hearing but the word heareth he here puts instead of consents believes and lays up in his mind as it is said in the book of proverbs the wise will receive commandments in his heart for that of the unwise or despisers the word borne about like some meaningless sound and like some din that annoys to no purpose forthwith departs from the recipients but into the heart of the prudent like some generous soil it sinks in full wisely does now the lord convicting the madness of the jews in showing that they blaspheme without restraint say that his words are the words of god for he reinstructs them he says to think more becomingly of him and not to deem that of joseph or any other of those on the earth did he of a truth spring but to believe that of the essence of god the father he hath appeared god of god which they indeed understanding are annoyed and burn with hotter wrath adding iniquity to their iniquity as it is written through those things whereby they insult him yet more forty eight the jews answered and said to him say we not well that thou art a samaritan and hast a devil meet is it again to bewail the madness of the jews and the exceedingness of their folly for they are taken by their own voice like wild beasts when they spring upon the hand of them who are slaying them 
themselves against themselves, lending impetus to the steel. For when reproved of lying as their habit and custom, which had grown up with them, they immediately show that it is true, and they are cut at hearing from the Saviour that they are not of God. Yet immediately, without an interval, do they show in themselves most exact image of the devil's wickedness. For a Samaritan, and possessed, do they dare to say that he is, who is sprung God of God, themselves rather having in themselves the bitter and God-opposing devil. For no man saith anathema Jesus, save in Beelzebub, as Paul saith. Liars, therefore, and insulters, and railers, are they hereby to found, and used to fight against God, they shall pay fit penalty to the judge that can do all. We must inquire again here, too, the reason why they call the Lord both a Samaritan and possessed. For the prefacing, Do not we, well say, indicates that for some reason they vilify him both as a Samaritan, and the other thing, too, which their utterance dared. They call him therefore a Samaritan as being indifferent to the commands of the law, and recking naught of the breach of the Sabbath. For among the Samaritans there is no exact Judaism, but their worship is mixed with foreign and Greek habits. Or in another way do they say that he is a Samaritan, seeing it was the habit of the Samaritans to falsely testify purity of themselves, and to condemn the rest as defiled. On this pretext, I suppose, the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans, as it is written, and refuse also to mingle with some others, loathing after a sort the defilement thence arising, since thus to pray it seems to them right. And the Lord condemning the ill disposition of the Jews used to call them devil's children, and to himself he testifies entire blamelessness in regard to sin and utter purity, saying, Who of you is convicting me of sin? For this was the language of one who was plainly ascribing to himself the uttermost purity, by reason that he could not fall into sin, and by calling the Jews Satan's children, was condemning them as defiled, and having their mind filled with all uncleanness, as is also true. On these accounts, therefore, do they call him a Samaritan. They say again that he is possessed, because it is the want of devils to transfer to themselves the honor due to God, and recklessly to seize on God's glory. And this very thing they suppose that Christ does, when, being man, he puts himself, as it were, into the place of God, saying, he that is of God heareth God's words. For he is intimating, they say, of his own words that they are such. Of their railing, their blasphemy rather, against him such is the Jews' plea and occasion for saying those things which pledged unto them the eternal fire. And it comes to me to wonder at this also they angered because they were often called devils children and liars show in act that the charge belongs to them which they ought rather by inclining themselves to virtue to have rubbed off for their love of railing and saying that things belong to any which do not belong to them 
are most fit not for those who have been enrolled among god's children but among the devil's children and the wretched ones not only rail lying against their own head not to say against christ but they also affirm that they are doing so well not so much as condemning their wickedness and this is the proof of the completest blindness forty nine jesus answered i have not a devil but i honour my father and ye do dishonour me gentle is the word but nevertheless very pointed for most emphatically does he say i have not a devil and putting himself in contradistinction to them he shows that he is free from their railing and that it is true of them for unless themselves had a devil they would it is likely have shuddered at calling him possessed who was attested to them by his deeds as god most excellently therefore does he say i have not transferring the speech to them and allotting it rather to them by reason that so it was in truth i therefore have not he says but ye the devil and i honour my father saying that i am god and have beamed forth of god and affirming that i knew not sin for it needed it needed that he who is of god be god and that he who is of him who knoweth not sin should be beheld such as he of whom he is but if as is necessary the opposite should be refusing to offend you i had not used such splendid language for god would not be honoured if conceived of as having a son not god the father he says would not have been honoured if he had been called the father of one who falls into sin hence in witnessing most excellent things to myself i in no wise he says blaspheme as ye suppose but rather honour my father i honour him in another way too for i say with justice of you that ye are not of god since neither is it right that they who have come to this pitch of wickedness and are drenched in all villainy should say that they are of god for he honours and deems worthy of kin to him not the liar and railer and blasphemer and haughty and insolent nor yet one whose wont it is to seek to kill unjustly but the gentle and meek and pious and godly and good hence in this way too do i honour the father putting forth from kinness with him those who are condemned for utter wickedness and ye again dishonour me doing this and attack the praise that belongs to the father that ye may be caught blaspheming not only against the son but now against him too for if i by witnessing of myself things most excellent honour my father he will surely he says dishonour him who clothes him that is of him with the deepest reproaches on all sides therefore is christ consistent with his own words and clearly shows that he is god by nature and whereby he says that the father is honoured when the kindness to him of the multitude of the unholy is thrust off by this doth he say that the jews are in all respects alien to god 
for what more unholy than they who say those things fifty i seek not mine own glory there is that seeketh and judgeth herein is that seen to be clearly true which is said through peter of the saviour who when he was reviled reviled not again suffering he threatened not but delivered himself to him that judgeth righteously for see how he hearing things of all the worst and cruellest from those who are impiously raging against him and this full oft he abides in his own gentleness and in no wise departs from what beseems him for our example doing this too that we zealous to follow his footsteps might not be caught in rendering railing for railing nor aught else of evil for evil but might rather overcome evil with good i therefore seek not my glory he says and this not as though he were proffering to those who so willed the insulting of him as a thing free from peril nor yet as inciting any to go readily unto this impiety is he seen to say this but he signifies rather thus i am come he says not to make glory from you my business nor desiring at all honour or fame for being in the form of god the father i have abased myself and have for your sakes become man as you and he who disdained not to take servant's form when he might have remained in equality with god the father and had the full enjoyment of things above mind and speech how will he be deemed to be seeking glory from any and not rather to be enduring voluntary disgrace for others good our lord here is either saying this or in another way too we will suppose that he seeketh not his own glory for it being in his power to punish immediately those who insult him and to demand satisfaction for their blasphemy as behaving ungodly against the very lord of all he bears calmly what is grievous and endures to that extent is not so much as to desire to grieve by a mere word the haughty ones yet in order that blasphemy against god may not seem a beaten track to any needs does he forbidding them to advance thereto straightway oppose as a barrier the father's wrath for though the son be long-suffering and do not forthwith take vengeance for his own glory the father he says will not be forbearing for he will be an avenger and will rise up against the insulters not as though taking the part of another nor as though he were pleased to grieve in behalf of one of the saints insulted and deemed it became him thus to do but as though the sin reached up unto him for there is not at all intervening between the father and the son as far i mean as identity of essence even though either be conceived of as existing separately for therefore does our lord jesus christ to elsewhere say he that honoureth not the son neither doth he honour the father for the son hath in himself naturally the father co-glorified and co-existing the father again hath in himself the son partaker of his essence so too of his glory in every thing the wretched jews therefore will be punished for their blasphemy against the lord and son 
impious against the whole consubstantial and holy trinity and grieving in the son the nature that is king of all every one therefore who at all practises piety must therefore shun in aught offending the good god for not because he doth not immediately bring his anger on those who offend against him must we therefore be supine for he is good not bringing on his anger every day yet if we turn not he will wet his sword as it is written and will bend against us his bow wherein are the instruments of death that is to say every form of shame and intolerable trouble fifty one verily verily i say unto you if a man keep my word he shall not see death for ever he shows that it is superfluous to array long defences against those who are wont to delight in blaming for he bends himself to what was necessary i mean the calling through faith unto eternal life and all but bidding farewell to those who had through their unlearning grieved him he kneads up his own discourse with a sort of art for having before said of god he that is of god heareth god's words he immediately says if a man keep my word showing that he is by nature god and hence teaching that no further reach of impiety yet remains to the jews when they have said that he hath a devil who giveth eternal life to those who will keep his word for will he not be known by this too to be god by nature for to what other will pertain the being able to quicken for ever them who hear his words save to him who is god by nature the divine word is kept when a man does not transgress the divine commandment but is instant and does without delay that which is bidden and is in no wise accused of sloth in the divine laws but note again how great exactitude the words have for he does not endure to say if a man hear my word but if a man keep my word for there receive into their ear the word of god not men alone holden in sin but also the unhallowed band itself of the devils and verily satan the chieftain of them all when he daring to tempt in the wilderness our lord jesus christ kicking against the pricks by reason of his much ferocity of character did set before him the divine word also saying it has been written that he shall command his angels respecting thee to guard thee in all thy ways therefore not in mere hearing is the word of salvation nor in only learning is life but in keeping what was heard and as a certain rule and guide of life was he setting before them the divine word he says that the sure keeper of his words shall not see death for ever not surely as taking away death in the flesh but as god not accounting that death is death for to him naught is dead in that his it is both to bring to the birth that which is not and easily to quicken that which when so wrought has decayed or he says that the saints shall not see death in the age to come which age will strictly and more truly be conceived of as not having an end like this of ours 
and he says that they who have kept his divine word shall not see death during that age not as though any should die after the resurrection for the death of all has been undone in the death of christ and the might of decay brought to an end but by death he means as is like being punished for ever and you may learn this viewing what himself has said above for verily he says i say to you he that believeth on the son hath everlasting life he that disobeyeth the son shall not see life albeit all shall rise again and shall hasten anew unto life both faithful and faithless for by no means is the resurrection partial but equally to all so far at least that all must live again how then will he that believeth not the son not see life albeit all look to rise again it is then manifest to everybody that it is christ wont to call life a long living in gladness and glory which refuseth to draw to a close and this is treasured up in hope for the saints as therefore he says that he which disobeyeth the son shall have no sight of life albeit all look to live again meaning here not the life of the body but calling by this name the hope prepared for the saints in the same way he says that the brave and intrepid keeper of his divine words shall not see death for ever not surely signifying hereby the death of the body but the punishment prepared for the sinners for as in the former joy is indicated through the word life so here too punishment through saying death fifty two the jews said to him now we know that thou hast a devil they again accuse the truth who when called liars take it ill as though they were insulted yet do they bear witness even against their will to the saviour's words and whereby they dishonour him by these very same words they show that he is unlying but blind are these wretched ones and they have their heart replete with so great unlearning as not even to think that they ought to wipe off those charges about which they were accused but even to fall into evils worse than the past ones and to be caught in their own toils for see see by what things they think to excuse themselves as though not in vain they had railed against him through these they are the more convicted of being liars and are the faster holden so to say in the bonds of their own sins in most utter folly too do they here say now we know for they who had full often bade against him and declared that he hath a devil say that now they know it condemning their preceding unbridledness of tongue for if now they know it formerly they did not know it how then did they say that he had a devil who was not yet as themselves deemed condemned a liar therefore long before too was the impious people of the jews and with unbridled tongue did it use to belch out the devil's malice against christ they seize hold for the confirmation of their own idle speech on what was spoken by our saviour christ for their much madness thinking it seems that the truth would aid a lie 
next by what means it was in their power to learn that they are transgressing impiously madly insulting the giver of everlasting life they see not that by these very means they are advancing unto intensity of the disease for they count that it is fit not only not to repent of those things but they even say that they are persuaded that such is the truth and the prophet is true in saying that right are the ways of the lord and the just shall walk in them but the ungodly shall be impotent in them but one might be astonished at their unparalleled madness in this too beholding a not easily numbered multitude of devils and evil spirits crushed by one word of our saviour and cast forth against their will from those in whom they are they shudder not at saying that he has a devil albeit assured by necessary arguments that satan will not cast out satan for every kingdom says christ divided against itself is desolated and every house and city divided against itself is desolated and if satan cast out satan he is divided against himself how therefore shall his kingdom stand lo therefore may one say and with good reason a people verily foolish and without an heart they have eyes and see not ears and hear not for neither by word and teaching nor viewing with the eyes of the understanding the supreme nature above all are they changed so as to will to think better they aim at it yea rather each at his own soul with excess of dishonour like as with stones abraham died and the prophets died and thou sayest if any keep my saying he shall not taste death for ever when the all-daring folk of the jews lying against their own head say to the saviour thou hast a devil they want to indicate nothing else than thou makest thyself god as having put about him the honour and glory due to the divine nature for such is the practice of devils as we have said before also for they conceive of nothing beyond what is visible nor acknowledge god the word in human form nor yet remove their mind some little from corporeal things but fastening them only on those of earth they are conversant only with the inferior part as subject to touch hence the wretched ones are offended and suppose that the truth that is christ speaks untruly yea and imagine that he is lifting himself up against the glory that befits god not solely as admitting the being placed in equal rank with him who rules all things but as even savouring something greater and fancying he could do or even promising to do what god the father did not for why it is that they are vexed saying that abraham and the prophets are dead why they are putting forward the death of the saints in order to overturn the saviour's words it is meet to see they want therefore to express something of this sort we have not spoken falsely in saying that thou hast a devil the proof of our words is not far off for lo thou promisest to overpass god himself in miracles 
and that thou canst easily accomplish what he hath not wrought for abraham and the prophets albeit they kept god's word have not gainsaid the laws of nature but swerved and have fallen into this common death of the body and thou sayest that he who keeps thy words shall be utterly untasting of death how then dost thou not say that thine acts are better than his he who supposeth that he will surpass god how will he not be clearly distraught for they of their great unlearning are supposing that the lord is here pointing to only the death of the body and promising to those who obey him that they shall be free from bodily death even though it be the special business of those who are sober-minded to conceive that nothing dieth to god being quickened though it die for if it were brought from not being into being how will not that which was already so brought be more readily and easily called unto the future being even though they conceive that it have been put to sleep some little space for economy's sake the jews therefore not witting the glory of the saviour behave themselves haughtily against his words and call him possessed as promising to do greater things than god has wrought and in proof of their accusation they put forward the death of abraham and the holy prophets by means whereof they think to convict christ of boasting with empty words in promising that he will give endless life to them that keep his word and also of doing injury to the glory of god in that he confesses that he will give them the greater things fifty three art thou greater than our father abraham who died and the prophets died overshadowed in this too is the speech of the jews and clearly big with some deep meaning for what again do they here say conceiving after the manner of men yet bitter things according to their inward scope for lo albeit say they they kept the divine word both abraham and the prophets have died yet we heard thee just now promise to some greater things for whereby thou sayest that they shall not die at all they are full surely greater and in better case than those mentioned in this very fact of not dying therefore foretell us they say and answer us who ask it art thou thyself greater than abraham and the prophets who dost promise to make others greater than they are though they have died wilt thou not die but remain immortal though a man and having a body of earth how then couldst thou give to others what thyself hast not for thou wilt surely die being a man but if thou art not greater than abraham and the prophets being to undergo death in common with them then thou wilt not give to others a good which belongeth not even to thyself some such meaning hath what is indirectly said by them and marvel not if they have no greater conception of christ for as we have oft-times manifoldly said they deem that he is a mere man and one of those like us wholly ignorant that the only begotten god the word was united to flesh who makest thou thyself of their unmeasured madness 
they all but think to set right the lord transgressing as though he knew not what is becoming they advise him to think more lowly for say they thou hast not known sir thine own nature thou forgottest that thou wert a man thou wert not contented with the measure given by god for whom dost thou make thyself who dost promise to give better things than those of his bounty and hazardously sayest that thou wilt accomplish things beyond his might they condemn therefore as having blasphemed they dart like scorpions upon him they suppose it right to blame thinking it just christ as contemning the due measure of the manhood and springing up and bounding forth to such a degree as to be born beyond the glory inherent in the lord of all yea and trampling on the honour of the holy patriarchs and prophets for now they look to hear him openly cry out in reply to those things whereby they think to incite him uttering of their perversity whom makest thou thyself i am greater than abraham and the prophets albeit the lord in saying this would have been most true inasmuch as there is no comparison between men and god who is above all nature visible and spiritual end of introduction part two